What's going on, Men's Health Unscripted? Patrick and Cam here. We're with a very special guest, Dr. Tara, relationship coach. She's also a tenured uh, professor at Cal State Fullerton. So this is exciting. She does uh, sexual research uh, all over, like all different kinds of, but it's research-based. So there's some science to it. It's not just like, hey, I'm an Instagram guru, uh, Dr. Tara knows the deal. So Dr. Tara, thank you for coming on the show. Um, how'd you get started in this? Hi, y'all. So good to be here. Uh, I got started in this in the PhD program. I started studying relationships, particularly communication in relationships. And then the more I learned about relationships, the more I learned that there are a lot of people experiencing sexual problems. And I wanted to contribute to understanding this huge problems that we all have that we're not talking about. Yeah, so that was one of the things I thought uh, your Instagram and a lot of your website aligns with what we talk about. Break the stigma. What are the things people aren't talking about? People are not talking about how common and normal sexual anxiety is. People are not talking about how common and normal uh, lack of sexual desire is. People are not talking about sex in general. I, I'm here to normalize sex talk. You got to have sex talk, especially you want to get into a relationship or you already are in a relationship. I often say uh, if you're in a relationship and you never had sex talk, start today. So Good little background on that. What exactly is sex anxiety and how does sex talk kind of tie into that? Right. Sexual anxiety is such a big umbrella term because sexual anxiety can be for anyone, again, anyone at any age, right? Uh, some people think like, oh, you know, this person is in their 40s, like they have already worked through all their sexual anxieties, they're fine. Sexual anxiety only for young men and women, like that's not true, People of all ages experience sexual anxiety is this like nervousness and extra unnecessary energy and fear uh, towards sexual communication and sexual activities, right? And this can be, it can manifest in things like, you know, not being able to get hard or women not being able to enjoy sex, right? It's a huge barrier. That's really interesting. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's like fear of maybe being a, a bad lover or is it just um, just the general disconnection society has with like cell phones? There's always electronics in people's hands. Um, what do you think? I mean, I'm sure it's a, a, a whole bunch of stuff, but can you boil it down to any solid resources? You're right, Patrick. It is a whole bunch of stuff, <laughs> but I'm going to boil it down uh, the best I can. Uh, partially, it's your history and what you've learned. Okay. So there's a lot of guilt based and shame based education that young adults have received regarding sex, regardless of where it's from. I don't care where it's from. It could be family, institutions, organized religion, like wherever it is. But there's a lot of guilt and shame based information out there uh, that adolescents and young adults were taught. So a lot of that projects uh, in sexual anxiety symptoms. Uh, so there's that part, but then there's uh, also, you know, 
body perception studies show like how you perceive your body can heavily affect your you know sexual behavior and if you are like strongly you know hating on your body then you're not going to be comfortable having sex obviously you can't even get naked right so part of that uh, a big part of sexual anxiety could come from you know lack of body positivity and just like hating on your body so body perception is a huge part and then the third part contributing to sexual anxiety could be related to the other person Maybe you have, you know, history of not having good sex with this person. You're afraid it will manifest again. Maybe you don't have that good of a basis, like in your relationship in general. It could be this person hasn't been uh, reliable or trustworthy. So a lot of times it could also be your sexual partner. So uh, these are, this is my best uh, way to boil all these variables down because there's a lot of variables there's a lot of studies looking at what contributes to sexual anxiety but basically what I just said is pretty much a lot of it so following with the uh, the variables here um, so me and Pat our generation is a little bit a little bit older on that side um, so back in our younger days you know we didn't have this access to technology people have today um, we didn't have a lot of this stuff. A lot of our pressure came from, you know, your peers. And then you also had, as you mentioned, the religion side, you know, a lot of our parents maybe, maybe had visited church more often. They kind of pushed, you know, pushed the sexual stuff kind of to the back burner. They kind of hid it from you, things like that. So what differences have you noticed with your patients um, or just random people who've talked to you from like the older generations compared to newer generations, especially with this, you know, boom in technology change and advancement and just kind of Ultimately, like we kind of seen like a dynamic and relationship, you know, shifting and changing throughout the last few, honestly, like decades that we've been alive. Um, so what kind of difference have you noticed it from these patients? That's a really valid question, Cam, because I talk to so many different populations. You know, my my students in college are in their 20s. And then my clients are anywhere from late 20s to in their 50s. So I definitely have seen uh, problems that a arise. Good, a good variety. Yeah, I do have a good variety. I would say I have a lot more data on uh, mid-20s to mid-30s, uh, scientific data from my studies, but then, you know, more like testimonial data from clients because, again, the number is enlarged, right, if we're talking about research here. Um, I would say like there is a huge change in ter a generational change because my older clients will have, you know, uh, sexual anxiety based on their like entire life experience, right? Maybe uh, it's the man that has had like failed relationships multiple times. So his experience comes like his his fear of sex or like sexual performance comes from his personal experience. And then also like watching porn, like thinking that it should look like that. Uh, so a lot of my older male clients would uh, think like, you know, it, why don't I perform like that? But what I see in younger people and, you know, particularly Generation Z, like Gen Z, there's a huge characteristics of Gen Z actually not having sex and not being in a committed relationship because, you know, there's 
various studies and arguments to why they don't want to have a committed relationship. But a couple of main reasons based on literature are uh, one being like, you know, they have witnessed lots and lots of divorces in their parents' generation. One of my students told me yesterday, you know, I don't believe in love. Like all my friends' parents are divorced. Like, what's the point? Right. So when she told me that, I was like, oh, my gosh, there is a huge like impact that we don't even know yet. There's a huge generational impact from uh, divorces and, you know, like nasty fights from parents generation to the Gen Z's. And now they're sitting there like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't believe in love or I don't believe in marriages. I just, you know, want to explore and see where things go. But there is also this big like mindfulness revolution going on would you say so like oh I 100% agree yeah like you know people are doing a lot more like meditation breath work people are interested in being mindful like they want to know what mindfulness means so there is this huge like mindfulness revolution going on in which my students uh, are a part of that and they often want to know how do I have like better quality sex even with one night stands. Actually, one of them asked me uh, yesterday, like, how do I have a more mindful one night stand? <laughs> Which is- That's a really like, interesting question. <laughs> yeah. Also a right? question though, because that could lead to some bad habits too. It could be any kind of habits really. But uh, in my class, I often talk about how do we become our best selves in all kinds of like relationships. That's so interesting. Really yeah, I mean, like a lot of that just involves, I'm, I guess, a big yoga guy. Um, at this point, like I, I hang out at the studio all the time. So I hear what they say. And it's really about being pretty savage, savage though. The yogi is a savage. So don't, don't like, <laughs> he is a beast. he will destroy people. Uh, I mean, uh, yoga guys uh, are flexible. So I'm assuming that that contributes to your sexual performance. Uh, I'm not exactly. Um, You've not got liberty to say that, Scott. I'm not a bendy bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I just do it because it feels really good. It aligns your spine. There is kind of um, after I've done it for a while, there can be like a huge sexual component to it. I mean, you're moving your hips. You're like moving around. Our uh, the owner of our yoga studio, Annette, is like hilarious. She like calls it pecker push. <laughs> you do like a, a bridge pose so um <laughs> definitely takes on that that component at times yeah I think yoga is amazing and I try to do more of it now uh, not only the physical part and being you know like how great it is for your body but the ability to slow down and focus on your breath and focus on like staying still and being in those moves. I think it's a huge part of mindfulness, right? It's like, uh, it's like a, an exercise of like meditation, but like exercise version. I mean, if you can control your breath, you can kind of control anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, the focus on your muscle movements, things like that kind of get control of slow kind of adjustments and things, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. We all sit too much too. Oh, oh, we sit way, way, way too much. Especially with this, the current, you know, the current state of everything, we spend way too much time sitting around, you know, 
on our computers as we are now, sadly enough. Right. But, uh, way too much time doing this, and it's not good. So that good, I won't say good. That was a rough day. So last time I did yoga, <laughs> it was hot yoga, hot two degrees, and it was a uh, like um. I like didn't tell anybody either. We put on, and it we packed the house, and it was just you were just getting you know body you know body to nose <laughs> of people around you but uh, it was a good that was a lot of fun it so was. um your students over at cal state fullerton um do they come to you and ask you for sex advice a lot or like how does a class structure work is it a discussion based on personal experience fantasy i mean uh, how do some of those classes structure themselves students ask me private questions all the time they do that through DMs or through my class Slack, but they don't typically, you know, they would ask a question collectively in like a group discussion in class. Uh, but if it's like highly private, they tend to just reach out to me through DMs. But yeah, my class is, what was it? What is class Slack? Oh, Slack is this software where we all like send DMs, like chats. Okay. Yeah. It's like Discord. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So in my class, because I teach a class called sexual communication, the focus is on the communication part in the sexual context. So I start the semester with like the nitty gritty, you know, the uh, sexual cycles and like the vulva and the penis and the erogenous zones. And like, let's get anatomy over with, with you know, so we all know what parts we're talking about here. Because again, there. 20, 21 years old, and some of them like they didn't even know that the whole thing is called vulva, and the vagina is just a small part of it, right? Like a lot of my students are too, they're young, so they're like, oh, I thought the whole thing's vagina. I'm like, no, vagina is the very small part of it. The whole thing is vulva, and I show a picture of vulva on like a large PowerPoint in class so that we can all be clear of what it looks like. And <laughs> What part is called what, you know? Like I believe in the power of language, like knowing vocabulary, right? How to speak about it. If I don't start with establishing uh, vocabulary, then you're not gonna be empowered to talk because you don't even know how to say it. So my first week is just like anatomy and sexual cycle. Uh, I talk about you know, really old school research, the people that started it, you know, like Kinsey, like Masters and Johnson. So like history, like basically like history of sex research. And then it goes into like communication before sex, communication during sex, and then communication after sex. And then we top that with some non-traditional uh, sexual behavior. And then we end with sex and tech which is the futuristic, right? Wow. Sex and tech. And we definitely got to kind of explore that later on. That's yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, back in the day, you don't have that. But uh, kind uh -huh. of telling what you said earlier. Yeah, I think oh, getting, wait. getting a topography of what's going on is super important because uh, me and Pat ourselves, our program, so our program is a doctorate program. And we have a lot of, a lot of our classmates are, you know, when they started off, they weren't able to drink. You know, they were so young, they were coming into a doctor level program where they didn't have any life experience. Um, so we had gotten courses and classes where they showed, you know, images of typically it's STDs or something like that. So it's not a regular 
you know. <laughs> but still, you'd hear the rumors and mercs and things like that in the background. For, you know, people like me and Pat, like, all right, it's another day. Another day, this guy messed around too much, you know, things like that. Um, so it, it's definitely good to kind of expose people to this in the academic realm because you're showing them this happens, but there's there's science behind it, there's data, and then there's things we can communicate, we can talk about to kind of progress past that. Right. Um, so that's definitely a good spot to start. So you say you spent about a week. What is your normal class, like for a week, how often do you meet for a class during that week? It's once a week, two hour and 45 minutes. So it's a long class. Yeah, we're there, we're there a long time. <laughs> a lot of sex stuff to talk about. <laughs> That's awesome. Or later in the day? Later, it's 4 to 6.45 p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, people are like loosening up a little bit after (laughs) whole day of classes. So they get there. And, you know, it's so nice because every semester we do this, you know, student questionnaire. I'm sure you all, you guys have to do it too for your classes. We've heard of them. Yeah, like feedback. So I always get amazing feedback and it's very, it's so heartwarming and it just ensures it it gives me like affirmations that I'm doing the right thing and I'm in the right place at the right time. And I'm doing something good here. You know, Uh, some of my students that give me feedback, like, you know, I was so scared for the longest time to have sex. And now I feel more equipped to become, you know, a competent, like, lover or you know a sexual partner so that's awesome yeah yeah i bet you have like perfect attendance at all your lectures (laughs) nobody ever misses i don't know why i don't blame them (laughs) why not like why why would you attend like organic chemistry when you go to you know sex like i would or go what you know (laughs) yeah i'm like why didn't you take calculus right (laughs) i had better time to do so dr tara um your motto, become sexually powerful. Uh, I saw that on your website. We kind of discussed it a little bit in email. And hearing on how you teach your classes, I feel like I know where you got that motto from. Like you're teaching the gimmick, you're living it. Um, So kind of where did that come from as far as like, where's the inspiration behind become sexually powerful? Where, what does it mean for the average person? Yeah, so the inspiration is from uh, my studies and also self-exploration coupled with my spiritual and like mindfulness journey. What I had learned through research, teaching, and my spiritual journey is that uh, sexual power comes from within right? Uh, A lot of people ask me like, oh, you know, what position should I do for this? What should I, uh, what uh, vitamin should I take? What should I drink before I get started doing this? Or they want like quick fix, right? We're in a quick fix society. Uh, What I had learned, and this is like true to my core is your sexual power comes from within. And okay, here's what I mean, right? What does it mean? Like become sexually powerful, It means that you are completely comfortable with who you are, what you look like, what you have to offer. And this, all of this contributes to your self-esteem. And I mean, I teach, you know, in conjunction to psychology and sociology. So uh, a lot of understanding our own sexuality comes from our self-esteem, right? 
So our sexual esteem is a huge part of becoming sexually powerful, which is the title of my TED talk in October. Oh, nice. uh, yes. Uh, so in becoming sexually powerful, you have to get started with understanding yourself and completely accepting yourself for who you are. And that's a part of your sexual esteem. Uh, this sexual esteem is projected through your sexual confidence. And your sexual confidence, I strongly believe, uh, manifests in like all aspects of life, not just in sex. I think, you know, like, have you ever heard of, I mean, in the media, they talk about this all the time. Like someone walks into the room and they just radiate sex appeal, right? Like, you've heard of the term like sex appeal. Like I think the media uses this a lot. So to me, that's sexual confidence that radiates and manifests in like every aspect of life, you know? And it doesn't have to be about sex, it's about being sexually confident. Um, so to me, it's become sexually powerful is like realizing your own sexuality and projecting it through sexual confidence in which like you can, you know, you can easily see when someone is confident, they communicate very confidently and that's attractive so that's my whole like motto and what I believe in so yeah I mean this boils down to body language how you carry yourself how you feel about yourself there's um, probably a lot of inward thinking that you have to do to kind of discuss with some of your patients or you have to discuss with them um, get the look inside see what you really like and be able to communicate that right right yeah a lot of times you know when I uh, discuss things with my clients, I talk about how you have to become comfortable in your own skin first. Because, you know, if you come to me and you're like, I want to improve sex with my wife, like, okay, let's first diagnose, like, let's first talk about, like, what's the problem? Nothing, we just don't have good sex. Like, that's the outcome. The outcome is not having good sex. What is the problem, right? Uh, and that's, that's the thing. A lot of my clients don't have the language to say it. Like they don't know what to say. They don't know what the problem is because I don't know, like, you know, they often come in like, I don't know, like we just don't have good sex. I, I want advice on how to have good sex. Guys, here at Men's Health Unscripted, nothing brings us more joy than helping men improve their confidence and ignite the fire within their relationships. This is why we partnered with the Phoenix Pro to get you rock hard. No matter if you're struggling with ED or just want to up your game in the bedroom, the Phoenix Pro offers a pain and side effect free solution for your manhood that uses acoustic wave therapy to get you to perform at your best below the belt. The Phoenix Pro is an at-home medical grade FDA recognized device endorsed by physicians to strengthen and enhance the blood vessels in the penis. This technology is over a decade old but has been expensive and difficult to access. Go to rockhardscience.com slash mhunscripted for more information and use our promo code unscripted for $900 off the Phoenix Pro total package, which includes the device, consultation with a medical professional, a customized medical treatment plan for your goals, $500 off additional in-clinic treatments, a blue light vitality vacuum pump, some nitric oxide supplements for a little extra boost, and a journal to track your progress. Remember, www.rockhardscience.com slash mhunscripted, promo code unscripted, 
and claim your true vitality. So at, with, with that, at what point does it become like a shakedown to figure out like a core source? Because um, I can imagine a lot of times, especially if you do one-on-ones and maybe even couples, depending on how, you know, the dynamic is, it could be a lot of just complaints kind of coming down the line. How do you shake it out and figure out like what is the core source or the core like concerns of the problem? I asked a lot about their sexual history because, you know, like we are just a, like accumulation of our experiences, right? Like how we view the world, how we approach people, how we approach relationship and sex. Just we're just like an outcome of our like a ton of experiences in life. So I often ask about their sexual history, uh, like the first time they had sex, um, maybe like key moments that they could remember and recall and reflect on uh, their sexual experiences. What was the outcome? Uh, what was the outcome of that relationship? So I do go slow. I go slow in many contexts, <laughs> but I do go slow. And I do, uh, I do like long-term making sure that this can end up in success. You know, I'm not like quick fix person, but yeah, like if you want to call me and be like, oh my God, I'm going to go on a date. Tell me something like I can give you quick tips <laughs> on that. Right. But like, if you want to fix your relational problem, like in your long-term relationship, we're going to have to dig deep. I bet. I mean, it, a lot of it has to just boil down to having the courage to communicate um, maybe to use a little bit of an extreme example, but it'll kind of drive the point home is if you like your partner to dress up like a giant teddy bear and you never express that, then how are they going to know? How did you know my sexual fantasy? <laughs> I mean, I, I did a lot of research on you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I hope guys are not getting on Amazon to buy like a teddy bear clothes right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh my god you can't you can't imagine the amount of uh weird creepy dms i get oh i can only imagine oh, i don't even <laughs> want to imagine so like i could just the sheer capacity of like free thinking people can do the internet like there's no way <laughs> i don't even know why you have like you got you mentioned dms before and i was like why does she have dms especially for students so like i don't professional students you know certain you know different states different environments kind of things but like i wouldn't trust any students like we're with to like <laughs> kind of freely um you know especially from undergrad like we're we're pretty big school over here in florida uh -huh. so we have a very vast array of students and i would not trust <laughs> i know but it's like i can't you know uh, stop like the opportunity of connecting with cool people like you guys Right, like oh, I think, yeah, I think you guys, uh, we, I think we connected through DMs as well, and like you know, I have so many valid questions on DMs, and actually, uh, like almost half of my clients come from DMs, and then I have them schedule it on my website. But yeah, like it's it's fifty percent valid, I would say, but the other fifty, oh man, <laughs> that's a pretty good. I, I can only imagine the garbage that rolls through there, but it. And, and sometimes it probably has to be at least a little bit funny. It's funny. I actually, I'm very playful. I don't, I don't take things too seriously unless it's, you know, uh, like dangerous, then I report them. But if it's like people with one-liners, I'm like, oh boy, you know, 
like this one again. Check, check yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're playing with the wrong person. I usually put on my story like once a month, saying like you know if you send me nasty DMs, I will screenshot it and send it to your mom. <laughs> so with that, um, so when we talk with and deal with patients, you know we kind of have like a duty to report some things. Uh, depending on severity or what they may be. So I don't know about your state laws, things like that. Uh, do you get like maybe DMs that come in where you have to report them to, you know, some kind of higher authority uh, just based on like legal or safety measures? Well, with my clients that schedule sessions with me, I do, you know, sex and relationship coaching. So of course, like first session, I give my disclaimer, if you have mental health uh, concerns, if you have medical health concerns, you may seek professional help from medical doctors. So I'm just saying like, you know, I'm here to coach you with sex and relationship and I'm not a, a medical professional. So I typically tell them that, but I mean, on DMs, I usually uh, just risk if it's something that I can easily say, for example, like, oh, what supplements should I take? I'm like, have you tried maca? Uh, then I would just say that. But if it's, you know, really deep problems, like uh, I'm so anxious, I have not had sex for now two years after I got a divorce. What can I do? I'm like, oh man, you should schedule a session. So I mean, like, so they're kind of severe. So like uh, somebody DMs you and, you know, we might have to cut this out later. We'll see. But they're like, oh, <laughs> I shoved the light bulb in my ass and I've shattered it. What do I have to do? Because <laughs> that's a patient safety issue now. Like, do you have to like call emergency services or do you have to report them to some kind of like board? No, I would just tell them call 911. Okay. Like I'm a sex coach, not a medical doctor. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, line between you know like uh like medical kind of things and yeah. other areas so i don't know if like different states would cross into it or not um, right but- yeah yeah for sure i'm very clear i'm like okay i'm here to like coach you on sexual confidence and sexual communication for example if someone tells me i think i have depression i'm like i'm not the right person that's a good call that's a good call <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like depression and like suicidal ideation. I'm like, I am not the right person. Like, please see a medical professional. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that that like, there's probably a lot of crazy stuff that slides to your DMs. Um, Cam, you kind Uh, of off there. How many like dick pics I get? Oh, oh, (laughs) probably thousands at this point. (laughs) Not there yet, but quite a lot. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So here's an announcement. I do not want one. Please don't send one to me, everybody that's listening to this. I don't think any of our viewers will send you a dick pic. Um, don't, don't count on that, Pat. If you do, we will, <laughs> we will block you. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a, I, I honestly, I blame like, I blame lack of sex ed, like, you know, or terrible sex ed or no sex ed. Because if you had learned how to become a responsible sexual partner, you wouldn't just send unsolicited, unsolicited dick pics. Dr. Tara, no? sex ed teacher, was an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> she probably hadn't had sex in, I'm going to just say 30 plus years, being generous maybe. <laughs> I got to go in Georgia. So you don't I know that. Male. So they separated the class based on sex. And I had a male. Of course, the females had a female. I can't recall who they had. Um, 
He was married. He was married to somebody in the school, so maybe he was getting some puss. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, uh, there are studies that show there's a ton of STIs in the senior living community. So oh, they are having sex. Syphilis yeah. is a real thing in so the senior living communities. We yeah. are actually, we get a, um, I don't want to say a lucky, but we get experience <laughs> of, we're by an area uh, of our state where it's actually considered like the ST, STI, I guess now they call it capital. Um, it's a big retirement community and that's what they do. They just play. Yeah. They, they have the big party. So it's it definitely, so if you're thinking you're too old for that, don't, I mean, it's a, obviously be, be safe, wear protection, do that kind of stuff. But uh, it's, you're not, you're not the end of the road there. You know, there's right. still groups of it. Actually, uh, my advisee, so I advise uh, a few master's students on their thesis, and one of them uh, is studying basically like dating life, sex life of women over 60. And they have a very uh, high vitality dating and sex life. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really interesting. to see how much like... um like previous beliefs kind of weigh into that, you know, because being, being older, when you grew up at your, you know, sexual prime, as we'll, we'll quote that, uh, you know, you were in that like repe- repressed kind of period where you like your parents were not about you going out on a date unchaperoned, you know, you weren't hanging out in the, in the Cadillac, you know, after <laughs> and things like that. Uh, and nowadays, you know, to this point now where it's, you know, do what you want to be happy. You're at, you know, let's just say you're at the sunset of the life. Do what you got to do. That's a very, that's a very interesting uh, thesis right there. Yeah, that's actually what you just said. It was like partial findings from her study was that they, a lot of them just like, you know, I'm 65, like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> you know, uh, they, they don't even, uh, they do casual sex. Like they don't even want to try to commit at least the some of the some of the people in the study, not all. Obviously, I don't want to use generalized language here, but uh, some of them are like, "Yeah, I don't want to be someone's nurse." Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The uh, the aging population is pretty wild. So that kind of makes me think. I'm actually on a geriatric rotation on pharmacy school, so I see a lot of 65 and older. Um, and you also see a lot of the associated pharmaceuticals that go with 65 and older and possibly sexual health. Um, we talked a bit, uh, talked about it a little bit off camera, but you know, what do you think pharmacy, uh, pharmacy's role in sex is? Uh, I think a lot of times it's, we're being a little bit too generous with prescribing dick pills, (laughs) (laughs) honestly I do I do think yes like I mean Cam we talked about this about like how it's legitimate for some uh like you know really helpful for some people but for a lot of people that just want quick fix that actually is completely healthy and doesn't need it but doesn't have the patience to you know practice things like sexual mindfulness or edging or like tantric uh like alternative healing basically they just want like a quick fix give me a pill I get hard right away like you know then in that mindset for like a healthy person I think it's I just think it's a bunch of bs but I do I do acknowledge that it is legitimate for some people 
Oh yeah, for sure. Healthy, healthy or unhealthy mindset aside, uh, you know, those are only work so long. Eventually, you know, they may have a diminished effect. And then at that point, how far are you from just taking a popsicle stick, <laughs> shoving it in your urethra, and dip it <laughs> in your head, you know? Um, wow, that was graphic. <laughs> it's a slippery slope before you start really causing some damage. So you gotta stay Cam, Cam, is this your thesis? It should be my thesis, but let me <laughs> I hope you name it the popsicle stick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. I advocate for, you know, long-term solutions and things like sexual mindfulness is a huge part of who I am. And because I have seen improvements in myself and my uh, male friends that I help, uh, I I say it wholeheartedly that it works. If you, you know, do it regularly and you believe in it, it works. Yeah, I mean, people can also build up a dependence on those pills and you get to a certain point where there is either A, a diminished effect or B, if you stop taking them, you get no effect. And I think what's also scary and is a fact that we like to discuss here since we are men's health is that the dick pills, as we say, uh, (laughs) do not stimulate libido. Yep. Right. No, so just because you take, um, you know, we won't name drop any, but little blue pills doesn't mean that you're actually going to desire sex or feel comfortable with mm-hmm. sex. It just means that the blood vessels in your penis are going to be wider and you'll have blood flow. Right. Especially with that, you know, like nowadays, I'm sure it's a little bit different <laughs> generations, but a lot of people would rather like, oh, yeah, I really play video games or do something like that, you know. Back in the, the day, it may be, oh, I have to drop a new 350 in the Camaro. I don't have time for this kind of stuff. So, like, distractions will always exist no matter what time frame you're in. You have to have that desire, that emotional fucking um, connection. Yeah. You guys taking pills? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of emotional connection, especially after I turned 30. I mean, I did have exploration phase in my 20s. Uh, But, you know, I do think that people misunderstand these medication a lot. Like they think that taking these pills and for women too, like, I mean, pharmaceuticals for years and years and years try to come up with the pink pill as well for women. Because apparently, you know, hypoactive uh, sexual desire disorder is a big deal. Like it's a billion dollar industry. And, you know, they're trying to come up with these pink pills. And, you know, for all the men listening, like, don't give it to your wives or, or girlfriend, they don't work. And, you know, same with for men, it's not for your sexual, uh, sexual desires or connection or libido. Like it's just physical. Okay, like let's say you do get hard, like then what? You know, it doesn't mean you're gonna have an amazing sexual experience or a connection or even pleasing your partner, right? Like, let's, let's be real. Like, just because you have a hard penis doesn't mean you can please your partner as well, you know? And that's a large part of what I talk about is, uh, like, if we all care about pleasing our partners, you know, if we, two people go into, like, uh, having a sexual activity and both people care about the other person, it will be a great sexual experience, right? Too many times, like, we're just thinking about ourselves. Like, we just want to get off. You know, that old, uh, that old classic saying, 
I'm going to get that nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. How about I'm going to go give that nut? <laughs> oh, we like it. That yeah. Is, yeah. That's a very good twist. You know, like I think it's so attractive to date uh, men that care so much about their partners, uh, like sexual vitality. Absolutely. So do you notice that when you counsel, this is a men's health, so we'll ask you a little bit more stuff about men, obviously, but yeah. counsel your men clients or your male clients. Um, do you notice that like coaching them to be more generous lovers, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, kind of stimulates like the reciprocal within the relationship? Oh, oh my gosh. I love the term generous lover. I use it all the time. Yes, uh, but that's what it is. <laughs> really become a generous lover. Uh, yes, and a big yes. Y E S capitals. <laughs> big yes. Uh, become becoming a generous lover has like a huge benefit from the other side. It is reciprocal most of the time. Okay, like but realistically, if you have like relationship issues, you know maybe you have issues regarding your finances, your chores, your children, and other of these big issues, like great sex might not solve all things, right? right? <laughs> it's a big part. I mean, great sex is a big part. And, and I think some comedians actually uh, said like, you know, we're fighting a lot because we're not having sex. <laughs> but uh, great <laughs> sex contributes to a lot of like, you know, ha having like, good relationship but at the same time if you have heavy issues in other things um that reciprocity might not occur you know even with that i could think of it kind of like um for those people who you know maybe cook uh it's like a pot boiling over you know you, you as you're boiling that pasta it can only hold so much starch just like yourself you only hold so much stress and if you don't have that release you know that kind of albeit maybe a temporary kind of release. If you don't have that kind of event that kind of relieves that, it just adds more stress to the pot and eventually boils over and, you know, bad things happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, oh, I had a reference, but I saw, I was like, let's not talk about that because that's not very, <laughs> but <laughs> not appropriate, I suppose. But uh, it's definitely a big communication and then that, that gener generosity kind of go hands in hand especially if you're raising kids, as you said, because especially now with like COVID, like kids are just a huge, kids. huge weight. Uh, you know, schools are kind of closing on and off. There's that. Now you have to provide a bit more attention and education. So that's just a big weight. And if you're, if you're adding that to your already full pot, it does make everything just much more difficult. Yeah, true. I actually, uh, I talked about moaning before and how like, you know, moaning is a big part of the experience because we don't just do like physical activity. We're also listening. So uh, moaning is a big part, but I've been getting comments about how like, you know, how do we, you know, let loose, be free, express ourselves when you know, our kids are home all the freaking time. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Talk> them kids. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's some, what some of them were saying. Like, you know, we want to have, we want to go back to this passionate sex where like, you know, in our early 40s, we are having sex, but it's hard to uh, let loose, let go because our, our kids are home. So yeah, it is, it is a real problem. So weird question. What balance, what balance is there to that? Because um, I'm sure a lot of kids have like the, uh, the memory of hearing such sounds 
that may <laughs> particularly scar them in the, in the future. But also, what sense is there to like maybe quieting those sounds and a semi-aggressive manner maybe maybe appropriate you know maybe comfortable for both parties involved in, in, <laughs> the, in the other room or something like that um like have you had anybody ask about that or is there like a certain line that any of your students of yourself had found you know in studies were like this is kind of a pretty good idea to explore or not you mean alternative to moaning yes uh, <laughs> Gentle silencing. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say heavy breathing is sexy. Yeah. So, you know, instead of, you know, out loud uh, moaning like Meg Ryan style, maybe just heavy <laughs> breathing and a lot of eye contact, right? Like if you do have to care about your young children at home, then maybe uh, heavy breathing to express like, you know, pleasure is a good thing. And I think it adds to the experience. Or you just say, fuck it, and just scar the kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kids, you're listening in. <laughs> I mean, how old are your kids, really? Like, if they're, you know, like, uh, college, like, who cares? Oh, My sure. kid's a dog, and he's nine, so he doesn't mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's already in all fours. Right? <laughs> oh, no, don't, no, don't say that. It's a joke. It's a joke. Oh, come on. We can make peanut butter jokes here all night. <laughs> oh yeah i hope you haven't tried no i, mean, have to I like to make the jokes i love this is a big boy so i don't think he, <laughs> i think juice would be the you know the dom of that <laughs> yeah he's the alpha he's the big oh boy. my gosh so oh don't uh, even don't even get me started on the, that realm of porn oh yeah we're not yeah let's not we don't we don't actually do, <laughs> that. do that everybody we don't do that we don't do that everybody who knows me i love my dog very much <laughs> he's looking at me right now across the <laughs> stop it you're embarrassing dog me. Name one <laughs> like dad you're embarrassing me <laughs> stop talking my schlong dad damn <laughs> so, uh, dr tara i know you mentioned that you have a webinar or a ted talk yes i will be having a ted talk coming up in october We'll so tell us a little in, bit about that. Can I? Uh, can we watch it? Uh, do you have to be there live? If so, where is it? Tell us about it. Yes, it will be at a big uh, concert hall at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, it will be recorded in October. Uh, there will they will allow live audience as well, but because of COVID, I'm sure there's limit. Like there's a limit to that. However, it will be professionally recorded and will be on YouTube. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Will that be on your YouTube page? Can you um, let us know where our fans can kind of get a little bit more of Dr. Tara? Yes, it will be on my YouTube. It will be on my Instagram. I will be, yeah, I will. I hope it goes viral. Hope you guys help me with that. Oh, yeah. Then once yeah, it we'll comes out, out. Yeah, let's link that down there somewhere. Uh, I don't yeah, know. We'll, if um, comments we'll exchange the links for that. Plug it in. Definitely I, include that in, uh, in all of our bios. We're going to watch it. Um, oh, yeah. so, Tara, it's been an absolute blast talking to you. Um, thank you so much for just taking the time. We really appreciate it. And um, we learned and a lot. Keep saving lives. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. It's been so fun talking to you guys. And I mean, I love this channel. I love your podcast and the message. Thank Don't you. Yeah, we're trying to break the stigma too. And um, we want guys just to be able to talk about anything that they want. And it, it's just very stigmatized. So 
thank you for doing what you do. It definitely aligns what, with what we're doing. Um, any, any place, what's your website, YouTube, all that. So our, our viewers can um, get it and we'll put it in the link below. Yes. Like my Instagram, lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S.co. And my website is also lovebites.co. No dick pics. No, no. If you send a dick pic, we will report you. (laughs) I will screenshot it and send it to your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Tara. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Bye, y'all.